Hello and welcome. You are listening to 90.5 WUMC Milligan Radio, Elizabethan and Johnson City. Welcome to the first episode of Cryptid Horizons. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. My name is Anthony. Uh, and basically, this is just going to be a fun little show that I do in the evenings, a little uh, spooky kind of show talking about some unsolved mysteries or different events in in world history that are unsolved even some some cryptids as the name implies you know encounters with bigfoot maybe the mothman um but i'm i'm super excited to be here um and today we are taking a look at the missing roanoke colony of 1587 our story begins with two half brothers sir humphrey gilbert and walter raleigh both shared a love for adventure in 1578, Queen Elizabeth presented Gilbert with a grant to explore and settle North America on her behalf. This was largely in part due to the idea of conflict with Spain and seeing how successful they were with their trips to South America. In September of the same year, Gilbert and Raleigh set off on a trip with 11 ships but only made it to the coast of Africa before turning back. Over the next few years, a couple more expeditions were made and one would eventually lead to the death of Gilbert after he encountered a powerful storm at sea in June of 1583. The next year, Raleigh ordered another expedition to take place. Two ships left Plymouth in April of 1584, and that is where the first debate of the mystery begins. Two different accounts were told of what happened next. The first comes from a Spanish captive that claimed when the two ships arrived in North America, they were attacked by natives. However, one of the ship's captains, Arthur Barlow, claimed that this never happened and that the natives were welcoming and friendly. Barlow later stated that he and the crew were, quote, bestowed with gifts and treated to food. Tagging along on this journey was John White, who will be super important later. The voyage of Barlow arriving at the Outer Banks was considered a positive experience due to the friendly nature of the Native Americans led by Wagina, who was the chief of the area known as the Osamacomac. Barlow was impressed by the area and all of its resources. However, at the time, there was a severe drought, and the natives were unsure of how to react to more settlers encroaching on their land. It was at this time the English experienced an attack and took to the ships. The ships made their way back to England with two high-ranking natives, Juan Chase, an advisor to Wagina, and Manteo, the son of the female chief of the Croatoans. Their jobs were to understand the connection that the English had to Montauk, a, quote, otherworldly spirit, which some experts say is the native's idea of God. This leads to the next voyage in 1585. With the war between England and Spain heating up, Queen Elizabeth prioritized the Virginia settlement more and more. She also sent an army to the Netherlands to fight on behalf of the Protestants against the Catholic Spain. On April 9, 1585, around 600 colonists, all males but of different occupations, sailed from Plymouth once again, with Barlow, Monteo, and Wanchese present on the journey. The ships dropped anchor on the Outer Banks barrier island of Wokokon, roughly 80 miles southwest of Roanoke. One of the ships would run aground, attempting to steer through an inlet, which caused a massive problem. With much of the cargo ruined in the maneuver, what was a year's worth of provisions dwindled into only enough to last 20 days. With the natives no less cautious of the English than they had been the previous year, they began to, to interpret a lot of signs to lead them against them. After seeing in rapid succession 
a solar eclipse, a comet flying through the sky, and quick-spreading fatal illness, the natives saw these events as related to the colonists. Juan Chese would end up fleeing to Dasemunkapuk, a village in Algonquian territory where he would warn that the colonists could not be trusted. However, Manteo continued to wear Western clothes and perfect his English in support of Sir Richard Grenville, the cousin of Walter Raleigh. In the later part of July, Grenville and Manteo would meet with the chief of the Dasamunkabuk, who granted them permission to occupy the north end of Roanoke. The English were highly dependent on the natives for food and guidance, but the natives were worried about the violence of the colonists. Later that summer, Grenville returned to England, leaving behind around a hundred men under the charge of Ralph Lane, who would become the first governor of the area. And expecting a relief mission to arrive in the fall, uh, but that mission would never come. Famine would take its toll on the area, affecting natives and colonists alike. The colonists would make their way to the Chesapeake Bay for the winter, where the natives were believed to be a lot more welcoming and friendly. Uh, but when they returned to Roanoke, Wagina was considering an attempt to wipe out the English. Lane would accuse Wagina of creating a plan that would eliminate the English by sending them to a powerful and aggressive tribe. However, what is more likely is that Wagina removed his people to Dasemunkapuk and cut off the colonists from any more supplies. However, <clears throat> after some talks of attacks from the natives, Governor Lane would storm. Wagena was shot and fled, but after being chased down by a colonist, Edward Nugent, uh, he would be found dead later. The natives did not immediately respond to the attack, and on June 8th of 1586, a fleet of 23 ships arrived, and Lane thought that he and his men were saved. Unfortunately for them, a three-day hurricane struck, ruining the ship that Sir Francis Drake had promised to leave them. Lane then decided to abandon Roanoke, loading his men and Manteo on ships and returning to England. After staying behind for a few weeks, Grenville would also set sail and he left behind 15 soldiers and enough provisions for them for a year. Raleigh became furious that Lane left Roanoke and would approve one last mission, led by the artist John White, who was one of the first voyagers to come over. The goal of this final voyage was to establish the city of Raleigh in the Chesapeake Bay, where the natives were a lot friendlier. So that is the backstory of where we're at uh, in 1587. Um, so up to this point, we see a lot of not great relations um, between the colonists and the natives. Um, <laughs> Ralph Lane was not exactly known for being a diplomat due to his uh, aggressive behavior, we'll call it. Um, but yeah. 1587, uh, on May, May 8th of 1587, artist John White would lead 117 settlers, including families, 
and his own pregnant daughter, Eleanor Dare, and her husband. While on this trip, Simon Fernandez, uh, captain of the flagship Lion, uh, which was one of the other ships that they took over, piloted to Roanoke to check on Grenville's men and drop off Monteo to be back with his people. However, when they arrived on July 22nd, they found the area to be abandoned. White stated, quote, We found none of them, nor any sign that they had been there, saving only we found the bones of one of those fifteen, which the savages had slain long before, end quote. Um, it's important to note that on July 28th, White's advisor, George Howe, was found dead in the woods two miles from their camp after being shot 16 times with arrows. On August 18th, White's daughter Eleanor gave birth to the first English child born in North America, Virginia Dare. On August 21st, Simon Fernandez and his sailors finished unloading three ships and departed back to England. Um, so what is happening right now as Fernandez is packing up and leaving is the colonists are going to vote for someone to represent them back in England. Um, and the goal of this is for someone to be able to inform the government of what's going on, not only from a public relation standpoint between the colonists and the natives, but also to attempt to get more funding and more provisions. And that is why they voted on John White um, due to his, his experience um, with knowing how the natives were uh, because of his earlier voyages, but also he was uh, a pretty good people person as well. So John White was voted to represent the colonists and as such traveled back with Fernandez. Some say that this was an attempt to gather more resources and provisions to take back to the colony, but John White would never see any of the colonists again. At this time, the war with Spain had taken to the seas, and King Philip II was ready to launch an invasion on England. Walter Raleigh, despite a prohibition on English ships leaving port, arranged for a relief mission, but due to a fight with the French, left the ships limping back to England. White was unable to arrange another trip until 1590. Um, part of this is due to the war, um, but also uh, I, there are some reports that have said that he tried multiple times to make it over, uh, but was unable to due to a lot of rough seas and rough weather, uh, some big storms that, that damaged vessels. Um, and that's a pretty common theme throughout a lot of the, uh, the ship travel. Uh, during this time is when the seas got super rough. Uh, many ships would sink or become damaged and they would have to turn around. Um, and that's actually one of, the, one of the theories that we'll get into a little later about what happened to the colonists. But 1590, three out of four ships that White took would make it to Roanoke. Uh, they docked on August 18th of 1590, which would have been the third birthday 
of Walter Raleigh's granddaughter, Virginia. The camp was found abandoned with the word Croatoan carved on a post. Um, it was also said that they had made a sign with like kind of as just a sign in the community that they would say where they were going to go if they had to leave, um, that they were going to write it down somewhere. And also, if they were under distress for why they were leaving, they would mark a cross above where they wrote where they were going. But uh, for for Walter Raleigh's sake, there was no cross above Croatoan. It was just the word. So some, some believe um, that this, this is the sign of where they were going to go and that there's not much more to it, that they just went to Croatoan Island, um, but we're not sure. Some fierce storms ruined White's plans to sell to the islands and in the area in search of the colonists, and the members of the Lost Colony were never seen again. And that is our mystery. That is where the theories come into play. Um, so we've got three three main theories, um, and then two more that I will, uh, I'll mention, but I'm not going to give too much credit to because they're, they're a little far-fetched, um, even for a show about creatures like Bigfoot and the Mothman and other unsolved mysteries. But let's get into the first one. Theory one states that the colonists were killed by the natives. Due to the aggressive acts displayed by the settlers, the natives were very, very cautious of them. And after the attacks on the natives by the English, such as Lane's attack on Uigina, uh, the natives finally took retaliation against the settlers and wiped them out. Um, and I think it's important to think back to when White's advisor, George Howe, was killed um, in a Native American attack and not to mention the land was going through a massive drought at this time. Um, scientists have been able to do a little bit of digging into some of the, the effects of the drought, and they found through tree rings um, that the drought lasted for two years, roughly two years, um, in the mid-1580s. So... There was a drought plaguing the land, and resources were becoming scarce, so the natives were worried about this, um, and they attacked the colonists so that they wouldn't have to worry as much about feeding so many mouths. However, no evidence of an attack was ever found, not even to today. Um, there have been no discoveries of any weapons or any mass graves that the natives would have used to bury any bodies. Uh, especially considering that over a hundred people went missing. I think it is important to note, though, uh, it's not exactly like there were forensics teams back back in the day. Like, we don't have people brushing rocks looking for fingerprints here. Like, in a lot of the times where this happened, it, people would be like, yeah, I looked, and they would go to the top of a hill and and just put their hand over their eyes to block the sun and they'd, they'd look out you know we're, we're, it's not a full scientific like full-blown caution tape marking off the area sort of sort of deal so I think that, that that's important to to note at the time um so that is theory one that there was an attack 
that caused by the native, well, not caused by the natives, caused by a lack of resources by the natives. Um, and that leads us to the second theory, which is that the colonists assimilated into Native American groups. And this theory is largely supported due to the help of Monteo and his love for the colonists and Western culture and getting to explore and see more of the world. Um, Monteo and John White spent a lot of time together and traveling to and from uh, England and even while they were in both areas, you know, whether they were in the colony in North America or if they were in uh, England, they were spending a lot of time together. So the two built up a good friendship and they were, they communicated with each other and they talked a lot about their, their own cultures. So some say uh, that John White, however, and this kind of goes against a lot of it, John White decided that Manteo was going to be chief of the Roanoke and Croatoan tribes. Uh, but Manteo was only from the Croatoan tribe and not the Roanoke tribe, and he couldn't control them. So when they tried to impose a new chief on the Roanoke tribe, they weren't too fond of trying to be told what to do. You know, a lot of the the high-ranking Englishmen on these voyages just tried to, to come over to America and expected to be treated, you know, like a king, um, thinking they had all of this power and all of this, uh, this favor, uh, and when the knees didn't bend, they didn't, they didn't like it very much. So, um, the, the crew returns back to Croatoan Island, taking Monteo back to his people, um, possibly returning to Roanoke at some point to take the colonists with him, uh, to Croatoan Island, you know, they, they think that, um, at some point the, the, the colonists had assimilated back while Monteo and John White were gone. Um, and in 1888, so this is roughly 300 years after the disappearance, uh, 54 Croatoan natives petitioned for congressional aid uh, from the U.S. government describing themselves as a remnant of White's lost colony. A few months later, the directors of the Ethnological Bureau responded by saying, quote, it was thought that traces of white blood could be discovered among the Indians, some among they having gray eyes, end quote. It is probable in this specific scenario, um, even though that this theory states that the colonists assimilated, that the natives keeping with tradition would have killed the male colonists and only assimilated the women and children. Um, and one, one thing that does help to support this, this particular theory is that archaeologists found a series of items of European origin on modern-day Hatteras Island, which back then would have been the Croatoan island, and it was where the Croatoan tribe resided. These items included broken bowls from England, the hilt of an iron rapier sword, and a writing tablet made of slate 
that was partially used. The sword in question was identified to be one that would have been used in England in the 16th century, and the hilt of it would have belonged to an Englishman of high standing. And lastly, uh, the third the third main theory, and that is that the colonists would have tried to rescue themselves from the settlement, but failed in their expedition back. If this were the case, and this is what would have happened, the ship and, well, ships and all of the people would have been lost at sea, uh, which would make sense as to why we've never really found much of any remains or any any more items than the few that have been found, um, as that they're, they're lost in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, so it is possible that there would have been enough people that would know how to sail to get a ship back to England, and the ship would have been able to make the trip. Um, however, uh, the one ship that they had left was, it was capable of making the trip but it was not big enough to carry everyone and the supplies it would have taken to get back. Um, so, it's possible. Uh, the, the second half of this theory, you would say, is that the colonists were able to build another ship using local resources, the wood that they had, uh, to make another, a second vessel to carry more crew and supplies. Uh, but even then, some would have had to have remained in Virginia, uh, which, you know, points back to, well, what happened to the ones that were left behind. Um, and then also with this theory, uh, right now, the time period that they're in, the war with Spain had taken to the seas, and it became extremely dangerous for sea travel. Um, so it's likely that the colonists would have known this due to all of the the uh, the travel back and forth from certain people uh, and they would have attempted to take a longer way back to avoid the confrontation of of it running into a Spanish vessel uh, but this kind of voyage would have been extremely unfeasible for such an inexperienced crew so those are the main three theories. Uh, my personal favorite, the one that I I believe the most in, is uh, the second theory that the women and children assimilated into Native American groups, especially seeing that some had come forward um, with genetically noticeable features of what would happen should the women and children have assimilated, having gray eyes, um, things that are not common to a Native American tribe and their genetic DNA. But that leaves us with two more theories. Um, and I told you that these two are kind of far-fetched. Um, the first of the two far-fetched theories is mass abduction by aliens, which is possible. Maybe that's a topic for a later show. Are we alone in the universe? Is there something else out there? And did they take the colonists from Roanoke? Do I think that that's possible? Uh, not really. I think that any of the other three 
theories are better and more plausible, more likely. But you never, you never truly know. And the last of the theories, theory five, if you want to call it that, um, is that there was some kind of zombie plague that forced the colonists to roam freely. Well, not necessarily freely, but just that they would, they would not uh, stay put. <clears throat> but I would love to know what you guys think. Uh, keep this in your minds as you adventure and think, think your own thoughts. Uh, find out which theory that you guys believe in. Do your own research. Maybe you can find something that I couldn't. Uh, but for now, we will never know what happened to the missing colonists of 1587, and the mystery remains unsolved. Thank you guys for tuning in to the first official episode of Cryptid Horizons. Um, I know today was uh, probably a little rough. Uh, I'm still getting some music tracks uh, put into the DJ computer here, so it won't be uh, as quiet the whole time, and it won't be just me talking. Um, but you guys are more than welcome to call into the radio station at any point if you guys do want to want to chat about it while I'm here. Um, so we do have that available, and these episodes will all be put on Spotify uh, within a few days of them going live. Uh, give us give us a little bit of grace on that one. We have people working around the clock trying to make uh, very special things happen here on campus. But thank you guys. I, I appreciate the time. Um, and I look forward to bringing you all another Unsolved Mystery next week. Uh, a, little, a little hint for those of you who, who are hanging out with me. It's got to do with airplanes and someone pretty famous that went missing in one. So thank you guys. Thank you all so much. Uh, it, this has been Cryptid Horizons on... 90.5 WUMC Elizabeth and Johnson City Milligan Radio. I hope you all have a spooky, eerie, cryptid, and any other fun night that you all can think of. Have a good one. <laughs>